This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Josh Williamson. Welcome to the show, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, you are, I mean, I, I hate to say, like, you're blowing up, because, like, you you blew up, like, five years ago. Like, you've been blowing up for years, <laughs> man. Every kind of, every... Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. I don't ever, I don't ever feel like that. I always yeah. feel like I'm just getting started, which I know is strange, because I've written... Like a lot of flash comics. Yeah, I've like a lot like of half comics. the books behind you are written by you. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. I mean, Israel, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, I feel like uh, I have done a lot, but I always feel like I'm just getting started. I always feel like I just sort of started working in the industry in a lot of ways. But I guess I've been doing it for a long time. Like I started making mini comics back in like 2000. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, can we talk about that for a second? Because I, I saw like from a while ago there was like a reference to the fact that you worked on like web comics and mini comics. Yeah, yeah. I can't I find them. What's that all about? Oh, you can't find them? Yeah. Oh, they're horrible. <laughs> horrible. I've burned them all. No, uh, the uh, the webcomic stuff, I think that that's really just a simple one. The, the websites just don't exist anymore. There you go. Like, the websites are gone. Um, you know, you're talking about, yeah, over, over 10 years ago. You're yep. talking like 2002, 2003. You know, you're talking 15 years ago. A lot of stuff's gone. People just moved on. And then I think the blogs that I did, I ran a couple blogs where I would put like some of our little web comic stuff on there. I think I just took them down. <laughs> the mini comics, we only produced like so many of them. You know, and we were talking about like, um, you know, when I was in college, making them in college, and we'd make like 10, you know, yeah. like to just hand out. Like I have one copy here in a box. I know exactly where it is it's in the garage. Right. But I have like one copy of the first one we did. Um, but I remember, so that very first one, I'll tell you, so our very first mini comic we ever made, we actually made it in color. And we printed it in color once. And we were like, okay, so at that time, when you were doing mini comics, you weren't going to like a, a good printer. No, you're going to like Kinko's. Going to Kinko's Comics. Yeah. <laughs> we would go to Kinko's and we would make them. And I remember we got there, we had this comic, and this is in 2000. We had this comic and we're going to make it. And we got there, and then we were going to print, we print one, and we were talking to the guy, and he was like, well, this is how much it's going to cost you to print 100 of those. Yeah. And we are like, oh, my God. And what sucked was we'd spent three days before this, like the entire weekend, coloring it, mm -hmm. just to find out when we got to Kinko's that we couldn't afford to do color. Yeah. So we had to do black and white. And we sat there all night trying to print these comics out. It was our first time, so we are like sitting there trying to make these comics and stuff. Yeah. And... Um, this is a funny story about that night, I'll, I'll tell you this. So I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, making these comics, and these guys come in. It's, like, this huge group of people come in, and they're all going uh, to San Diego Comic-Con. So at the time, what I would do is I would make mini-comics. Every year, I'd make at least one, and I would go to San Diego Comic-Con, and I would hand it out to people. Like, any creator I, I, I ran into that I liked, I'd give it to them. So I'd give one to, like, Jeff Johns and Brian K. Vaughn. I would just be like, I love your work here, you know? And it was great. Like, Brian K. Vaughn wouldn't let me just give it to him. He had to pay for it. Oh, what is Which is like a dollar. So you're just like, you know, he's like scrambling to try and find a dollar. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, he was great. But that was, that's how it was. So we were, every year before San Diego Comic Con, we would do this. We'd always been doing it like the weekend before, the night before. And 
you know, scrambling to try to get these books done. This group of guys come in, and it's just like a bunch of artists, and they're all getting their portfolios uh, printed off so they can hand them to people. Yeah. And uh, there's just one guy there, and he's printing it off, and he has his notebook out and his portfolio out, and I'm looking at his stuff with him. And this is when I was still working at the store. I was still working at a comic shop. And I was like, oh, this stuff, this stuff looks really familiar. Um, and I was like, you know what? It looks like this guy named Dustin Nguyen. And the guy was like, oh, I hate Dustin Nguyen. I hate him. <laughs> He's like, that guy totally ripped off my style. I hate him. And so this goes on for like 10 minutes where I'm like defending Dustin Nguyen to this guy. Right. And then after about, yeah, about 10 minutes, he's like, oh, I'm just fucking with you. I am Dustin. <laughs> uh, so that's when Dustin and I became friends. That's why he did a nail-biter cover. <laughs> that is, I got, I got to tell you, I've, I've met him a couple times. That is so him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a little prankster. Yeah. He likes, he's funny, because you'll talk to him sometimes, and he'll make a little joke, and you're like, what are you joking? Are you serious, right? I'm like, I can't. That was can't. the first time I met him. I was like, I don't know if this guy's fucking with me or not. I'm going to pretend like he is and just go with it. <laughs> he, was, he was totally fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. he was totally fucking with you. But... Yeah, uh, so we would just make mini comics, and we would hand them out to people at conventions. This went on for a while, and then I would start doing other stuff here and there, just like, just finding ways to make comics. Going, yeah. once we start planning further ahead, you know, you start going to little printers and stuff. I forget the name of one of them. It's the one that everyone uses now. Oh, Kablam! Uh, Kablam! Before yeah. them, there was a there was another group called like Comics Press, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would, I think I tried all of those. Kablam yeah. was the one I think I did last before I started uh, getting away from. Uh, this kind of yeah self-publishing um but that went on for a while it's like 2000 all the way to 2007 yeah and i was making um just whatever i could you know it was like it was like just i think that's one of the things that's interesting now when i talk to other creators and they talk about their struggles i just laugh <laughs> i'm like we were like guerrilla style making comics you yeah. know like just uh riley rossmo who i did deathbed with who's doing martian manhunter right now him and i talk about that where it's like we come from a background of like you make it right. Like you make it work. You figure out how to make it. You know, I have a, what I do now, I'll show this to you. Um, <clears throat> I make mini comics for myself now of the books I'm working on. Nice. So it's like, I like that logo. So it's like, yeah, it's my, my, my horrible Batman Superman logo. But what it is, is it helps me, um, with notes. So it's like, let's say I'm working on something and I, I just want to like, uh, make sure it, it works. Yeah. I'll make this little mini comic version of it. And it's just my notes. There's no drama. There's maybe occasionally like panel layouts and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but it tells me like, oh, this is happening on this page and I can't show you because I read my notes would reveal stuff from Batman Superman. Exactly. You yeah, know, <laughs> but, but it helps me out. So like sometimes what will happen is I'll do it and I actually have a stapler here. I have an old, um, comic book stapler for, for oh, stapling cool. comics. So I'll even staple it together and then I'll sit there and I'll look through it and then I can be like, that actually helps me read it. Cause then I can be like, oh, okay, this is happening here. I'm like, oh, okay. This is like, I'm, it's too packed or the pacing is all messed up. Right. So I still do it, but um, yeah, you know, you just come from this background of just trying to, like, you're just going to make comics. Like, you know, I don't know how to do anything else in this life. Right. I make comic books. And so it's like, yeah, from about 2000 to 2007, that's all I was doing was just trying to make books. And then eventually I had made this book called uh, Necessary Evil. Yeah. And it was um, a book about a school for supervillains. Mm -hmm. And I made that. Um, I made the first issue of it. And then I went to... Senior you know, Comic Con and just started handing it out to people, and uh, a, a publisher, like a small publisher, which was Desperado. Oh, uh, of them, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty much Aftershock now. Right. Um, but Desperado, they picked it up, and they had a deal at Image at the time, and so we thought it was going to go through Image, but it didn't. It just came out through Desperado. Um, but then once that came out, then I got printed copies, and we were able to get the first four issues out. I was able to get a trade out. 
I was able to then go give that to um, I was able to go give that to editors. Like, and that then it looked more like a comic, I think, to them. Totally. It was a mini comic, and people started taking it more seriously. But that was yeah, it was like seven or eight years before that, maybe yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, peddling comics is a uh, it's a noble hustling profession. <laughs> Uh, I actually did the same thing. I remember like printing my own books and like and going to comic cons and like having like a stack of fifty and just going to different publishers and being like, "This is my book," and that's like that's yes. the thing they don't talk about is how how hard it is to get anyone to read your comic, like when no one knows who you are, wants to look at your shit. They have so much stuff to do, and now I have a greater appreciation of it because it's like yeah. I know, you know, I spend a lot of time in the DC offices and I, I talk to editors all the time, and it's like being in the offices, you can see how much pressure they're under and how yeah. much time they don't have realistically right um but i had a I, I think there was a convention i don't know what year it was i think it was like two it might be 2007 it was 2006 i went to a convention and i went to somebody at one of the publishers i'm not going to name their name mm-hmm. uh but i went to this publisher <laughs> or, or somebody one of the one of the publishers and i gave him the copies of the books and then i forgot to tell him something i walked away and then i came back and as i was coming back i told him straight up throw it in the trash oh <laughs> You know, so that's that. You know, and it wasn't. I mean, those books weren't great, but sure. it's really because it's like they get so much of that stuff handed them and given to them, and yeah. harder. No, they 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 literally have like three seconds if they if they're willing to give it. Where they're like, "Is the art good? No, okay, God, like you know, that's yeah." That's Actually, the thing I was I was told um, the number one thing they look at is the lettering, really? which which really was were hurtful because I was lettering myself at the time, oh. <laughs> but. But that's the thing. They look at your lettering because it's a mark of professionalism. Yes, like, you are totally right about that. Yeah. Like, it's, I've seen so many indie books where I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, this would be great if it weren't for the lettering. Yeah, I was talking to somebody one time who had, it was like a vanity project, which that's another thing too. Like I worked on a lot of vanity stuff. Like sure. I, you know, you're, you're just trying to make comics and make money making comics. And it was like, people would come to me and they would say like, I want to make a movie. Can you help me make this comic? And we would put together, you know, in two or three months, we just put together like a, a proof of concept comic to give to, to let them have so they can take whatever they needed to do. Right. And the arguments we would get in with people about, and then sometimes you were just like a consultant on things. Like I would have people come in and they'd be like, "Here is my comic. What do you think? Can you help me with some stuff?" And that was one of the biggest things I always look at. Is like your lettering isn't very good. And um, there was this one where I asked him, I was like, what's your favorite comic? And he was like, Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm like, great. And this is when Ultimate Spider-Man was at its height, I think. Yeah. So I was like, all right, great. That's awesome. So I grab a copy of Ultimate Spider-Man. And we're sitting there looking at his comic, Ultimate Spider-Man. And we're just talking about lettering, not art or writing, just no, lettering. Just the lettering, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, can you see the difference? And he was like, no. And I'm like, oh, God, okay. You know, well, then that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem, yeah. And then you're like, oh, I don't know. And, uh, you know, and then you just kind of walk back slowly. Right, exactly. Yeah, because you're like, there's nothing I can do. You know, they can do here, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you so you know how it is, you know how it is. Like, you're sitting there, uh, trying to sell books at a table, and everyone's coming by, and oh. you're just trying. no, I, I, I remember, um, having them in a backpack and like seeing other indie book, indie publishers, or like really like self publishers with their own booth. And I'm like, yeah. and, and I'm like, there is no traffic. You spent probably $500. So I'm, I'm in, I'm in East Coast, it's like it's all New yeah. York Comic Con for me, so it's like I remember going yeah. to New York Comic Con 2007, 2006. Mm-hmm. And peddling books and being like, you probably spent five hundred dollars in this booth and you you lost five hundred dollars plus printing costs. Like, yeah, there's no way. So I remember being like, no, I'll, I'll never get a booth. I'll just I'll go to your booth and give you my book and then let you drop it on the subway or throw it on the floor, which I did see. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, you saw that? Oh. I saw my book on the floor of the show. Uh, like, I think I only saw one copy, but it was still, like, I know whose copy that was. Oh, no! <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that really, that sucks. But, I mean, like, listen, you know, that's that's par for the course, and it's like, it, it sucks, and I get it. Um, maybe try another discreet way of throwing it away, like in the bathroom, but like, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard job comics in general. Um, but you made it work, man. Um, yeah, so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, like, here's the thing you, okay. So you love the flash. Yeah. Big bad way. As at least that's what, that's the impression I'm getting from your shelf and from your career. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've written some seminal works in the character's history, and now you're doing year one. Mm-hmm. How was that pitch? Were you like, dude, I want to do year one for Fl- for Barry Allen, or were they like, or did they come to you? Like, what was that? I went to them. They've never really, uh, I mean, I've been pretty lucky with Flash. Like, and maybe it's because I know the character really well, maybe because they understand that and they know I'm passionate about it. Yeah. They've never come to me with a story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been me going to them. Um, and things might change. Like, there was a story we were going to do really early on um, that was going to be about the rogues breaking into Gorilla City. That was going to be their their original reintroduction, Rebirth, was them breaking into Gorilla City for something. Okay. Um, there was, like, a whole thing behind it, but it didn't work. It was, like, timing issues, and then we also felt like uh, we wanted to use Grodd for something else, and then we also felt that um, it wasn't a good introduction to the rogues back in Rebirth. Gotcha. So things like that have happened where I'm like, I have this idea. And they're like, well, actually, you know, we think you need to spend more time just reintroducing those characters before you do a story that big with them. Yeah. And then there's um, a lesson to be learned, I guess, from pitching comics is that, like, if you're pitching a comic, this is a tangent really quickly, but if you're sure, pitching yeah. a superhero book and you don't mention the superhero for a few minutes, there's probably a problem. Right. You know, like if you're sitting there and you're like pitching this whole book and you only say the words the, the rogues or Gorilla Grodd for a minute <laughs> or two, that means you're pitching a rogues book. Right. Um, and I've seen that a lot. Like someone will be working on a book. Um, this is really hard without accidentally naming people. Sure. Uh, yeah, they'll be working on a book and all they'll do is talk about the villain. And you're like, that's that's great. Like, I'm glad you understand the villain, but the hero is the like. That's their book. Like, yes, their book. So their names on the cop on the cover. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta figure out how to like what is there in on this. Otherwise, you're pitching a, a villain book, um, and that happens sometimes. But so with with Flash Year One, I don't even remember where I got the idea for it. I mean, I I know the idea for it where that sort of came from, but I think I was just sitting down and I had this moment where I was like, well, if I'm writing the Flash, what are all the things I want to do with this book? Because in the beginning, I only knew I was doing the first eight issues at the very least. Right. Um, it was something I had pitched as a 12 issue thing and then we had talked about it being shorter and then it was like, well, then you extend out some of this stuff and, but you never know, right? Like I've been thinking about this a lot lately that, um, to paraphrase the flash and, and Jeff, but there's that whole line of like every second counts, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like every issue counts. Like you don't really know if you're going to get another one. Yeah. Um, and so I was trying to have that in my mind at the time and, and I was getting along with, with DC really well. Like we were, the re- you could tell the relationship was, was doing well um, and so I was like, what do I want to do with this character that hasn't been done? And I was like looking at some stuff and looking at one of my goals was to create some flash evergreens, just yeah. opportunities for flash books. Cause there weren't really a lot that were like standalone. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, I want to do flash year one. But that I felt like it would be too, um, obvious. Okay. Like it too, too simple. If I just did straight out like his origin. Right. <clears throat> 
I started thinking about year one a lot and Batman year one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's really interesting, you know, Batman year one and Dark Knight. And I started thinking about them both together. And I was like, oh, the Flash could do both at the same time. Like, <laughs> so, you know, we could show young Barry in his year one and then we could show Dark Knight Barry. Not literally. I have that toy right here, but not literally Dark Knight <laughs> You know, that idea of that. Yeah. And so I was like, that's my pitch, is that it's both. And so I went into uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And San Diego Comic-Con is interesting because every year I go in and I pitch something that I think is a little bit not really crazy. Looking back at year one wasn't as crazy, but mm -hmm. I think Flash was crazy. But issue one, I think I think we're on issue two by this point. So issue only issue two had come out. Right. I went in and I was like, I want to do year one. Um, and here's my pitch. I told them the whole pitch, which is basically the first issue. And uh, and they were like, we like that, we like that. But they had good questions. And then I went and had lunch with one of the editors, and we talked about it. And we talked about the questions I had and what Barry would learn from it and where Barry was and how it would be about him and how he became this optimistic person. And we've never really shown that, how that's so core to his character. You know, he didn't just get the powers and all of a sudden get the powers of optimism. Like, that's right. not how it works. <laughs> um, and so we had all these conversations about it. And then it just took years. It took years to put it together um, of us talking about it and finding the right timing. Um, and then it worked out because Barry was going to be at his lowest right before it started. Yeah. That was the point, like, to, to kind of put him through the ringer and make it so he was in a really bad spot. And then it would start. Because then you're like, oh, he's the most pessimistic he could ever be. Let's do a story about how he became optimistic. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of worked out, but it took a minute. Like, it, it, it's funny, it was, we almost did it a couple different times. And at one point, we were going to do it right after Flash War, and then we decided not to. And a large part of that was actually because of Howard. Um, I wanted to make sure that Howard got a chance to draw it. Gotcha. And, I mean, if you see it, you know, there's it's, we're doing a 16-panel grid, just like how Dark Knight is. And yeah. uh, it takes a, lo a lot longer. Not a lot longer, thankfully, but it takes longer to do and produce. So, but I wanted Howard to do it, like, there was no way else I was going to do it with. And yeah, so that's the timing just kind of like came together just right on it. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, but I was really, you know, it, it's it's really surreal. I mean, oh, yeah. I worked at a comic shop all through uh, high school. Like, I got my first job working at a comic store when I was 14. And, um, you know, and even before that, I was working in the store, but it was like, hey, kid, open these packs of cards. Right. I remember the first pack of cards I opened was Wildcats. Uh, <laughs> It makes sense, you know, you're just basically counting numbers and stuff, and I was like a little kid, and, you know, I'm talking to, like, I think I was, like, 12, mm -hmm. and then it was, like, here's some free comics for doing that, and I'm like, yay, oh, but I was, cool. I was just the annoying kid at the comic book store that was never going to leave, and, uh... <sighs> yeah, I, I know that's, I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, I really liked it there, and I was going through, and I was, like, I don't know, I learned a lot about comics just from looking at covers and flipping through and, and, uh, looking at stuff, but, you know, I've been reading Flash ever since then, you know, ever since uh, Born to Run and Return of Barry Allen, like, yeah. that's pretty much, like, my reduction to the character, and I've been reading it ever since. Um, so it is kind of strange to read a book, because I don't have any gaps. Like, it's interesting when I talk to other, <laughs> when I talk to other um, writers or artists, they all have gaps. Oh, oh yeah. Of, you know, they stop reading for, like, a year or two, or sometimes more, you know. Yep. Um, they have, like, whole chunks <clears throat> of, of time in between. I never had that, like, I never stopped reading. So there's Batman and Flash particularly are two characters that I have no gaps wow. in reading. You know, like I was always reading those books. And so it is kind of weird to suddenly have that moment where it was like, start reading something when, you know, you're like 12 and reading a character 
and then getting to it where like then you're writing those characters is, is sometimes very surreal like yeah. I have a hard like believing it um well especially because like you have no like as you said there's no there's no break so like for you you're just kind of like picking it up as it like the the gap is where you start and you're like yeah and that's kind of that, that's gonna be mind-blowing because like yeah there's no other flash comic for me to read which i can go you can take that however you want <laughs> no exactly you can't be like you know actually there's this error that i totally missed out on i should check that out and see if there's like some some depth to plumb but like no you're just like i know it's all there like i've got it all yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and I have I mean I have my my long box under my desk over here because I have a, I have different workstations in my office, but I have a desk over here that has a long box in it, and it has Born to Run up to m- me, basically. Wow. So it is kind of weird sometimes um, to kind of yeah, just all those comics. It is it is very very surreal, and then to come in and do something like Year One and Flash War and all that, like it's uh, it is it's really weird. You get a chance to write the characters, you know. It's like writing Batman. I've gotten to write Batman a few times now, and yeah. It is it's so strange. I have a Batman tattoo. You know, it's like nice. it's uh, it's something a weird. It's a weird feeling sometimes, but I love it. Like I appreciate it every day, and I'm sure. uh, thankful for it. And it also keeps me kind of honest, I guess. It's mm-hmm. like trying to think about me, the person before you know, working at the store, right? You know, being that person behind the counter. Would I sell this? What would I? You know, like yeah, totally. Would I sell this? Would I get pumped about this? Would I get excited about it? Um, would I have ripped into this? And sometimes I sometimes it's true. Like I take a step back and be like, "Oh man, I would have destroyed this issue." Right. You know, so I have to kind of like keep myself on that sometimes. And that's been the big thing with Batman Superman too is like thinking about that a lot of like you know what I as a um, as a reader, you know what I as a reader would like about it, what I would get excited about, and yeah, yeah, yeah it is strange. It's very strange. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about how like your that approach the whole approach of like fan then creator and not only fan but merchant like you know i'm a 12 year old doing like basically slave labor for a comic book store (laughs) and then working in the comic book store as an actual like retailer and then being like i mean you didn't own the store but like you know just just running just just working the counter well i was a a manager at one point so i was running right yeah the the last shop i worked at i was only for a year I was a manager, so I was literally writing the checks, driving the diamond on Wednesday morning. This is about when I used to, when you used to get your books on Wednesday morning instead of Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I would go in and, and literally hand somebody a check, and then take the boxes and put them in my car and go to the count and do the whole thing. Wow. Which was also yeah, it was very opening, knowing the cost of things, right. like the cost of retailers that like that that money they have to give every month. It, it it's a lot, you know, like they oh, are. Right. And I think it, it, it really did uh, make me hyper aware of some things. And that's why I still talk to retailers a lot. Like, I used to go to Comics Pro um, and I would do a round table just so I could talk to retailers and get their take on things. Because yeah. the last thing that I had to order was, was uh, DC one year later. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> and a lot has changed since then. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, like, I went FOC was just getting started. I remember ordering. Uh, I remember Marvel sent us a PDF of Avengers 500, which was the dis- the dissembled stuff. Yeah. And getting that and then going and placing my first FOC orders, you know, like upping the orders because I read it and was like, this is crazy. And, we better get this. Yeah. You know, yeah. We got to raise the orders up. And then also being like, this is like months out or at least it was, it was like weeks out. It was like a month out or whatever, you know, like how FOC normally is and being like, wow, that's great, you know, and um, <laughs> but it makes me hyper aware of that stuff sometimes and makes me really do think about the money and the numbers a lot more and, and, and thinking about the retailer's perspective on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. That's actually, that's a, that's a really like incredibly balanced approach to comics where it's like understanding all the sides. Cause most of the time when you're like approaching anything from any perspective, it's like, it's your POV. It's your job. Like you're the writer. Most writers are just like, I just write the story. And it's like, it's the, it's the other guy's job to figure out how to market this thing or make, make, or sell it or figure out how to like package it. But like, yeah, no, I'm probably annoying with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I can imagine you at pitch meetings being like, okay, so we're going to want to do this, but I understand that like the covers are going to have to look like this because otherwise no one's going to grab it. And it's, yeah, like, yeah. I'm a little annoying about it sometimes. Right? I've, I've definitely had moments with publishers and companies where I've, I've been that guy. Do you uh, pester the, uh, the order guys where you're like, how do we sell? Like, what were the numbers? <laughs> Uh, yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah i go and i talk to them and try to find ways of just you know how do i um how do i help that's really what it comes down to is how do right. i help yeah. every everywhere i've worked i've kind of been that way except for marvel marvel was a little more hands-off um oh, when I was marvel, but i was only at marvel for a little bit um but i love talking about it too like i love getting their opinions on things and talking about why uh certain things are the way they are and, and what their thoughts are on stuff and um i've definitely gotten busted for playing publisher a few times and mm-hmm. uh you know, which isn't my job. My job is to, to create stories, but right. I can't fit. Like, my brain is just wired a certain way. Yeah. Um, but I love doing as much as I can, and it's just, yeah, like, it's, I just, I don't know, I really like making comics. Yeah. Your, your Marvel work is actually kind of fun as to how, like, odd and varied it is. Like, I remember <laughs> seeing your name kind of for one of the first times on the Illuminati book, and okay. I, I don't, I think it's kind of cool. Like, I really like doing villains. That's where the Illuminati. I, I mean, it shows. Uh, the book was supposed to be called something else. Um, was it really? Last minute, it got changed to Illuminati. Um, gotcha. You know, but uh, that book, I learned a lot doing that book too. Like, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. But yeah, Marvel, my Marvel stuff is, it's a little more villain focused. I think. Oh yeah, no that that Secret Wars uh, Red Skull book. Yeah, that yeah. book is dope. By the way. Oh, thank you. I was trying to do Suicide Squad. I'm not going to hide right, that. No, now. yeah, uh, that's what we called it. We were just like, oh, it's Marvel Suicide Squad, but like that makes sense, and it's a it's a dope book. Like I, I gotta say, like not as a this isn't necessarily a Williamson comment, but more like a like a the every book that they put out during that period, like that Secret mm-hmm. Wars, all the Secret Wars tie-ins. It was bizarre how high caliber all of them were. For it being essentially like just nothing but tie-in books, like yeah, and like Jason Aaron did that that Weird World book in the, the middle. Weird of World it. book. Well, I mean, that was when was that was when half of us found out about like Mike Del Mundo. We were like, oh shit, like no, yeah. it's that book was awesome. Yeah, it is crazy. All those books that were in there, I was really um, excited about that time period because remember when I got brought into it, um, you know, yeah, we would get all that stuff ahead of time, and you know, it was just like, man, that stuff was awesome. It was all just a lot of creative, like fun stuff. You was know. It, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, was it like you going, like, dude, Marvel Suicide Squad, here's the book? Or were they like, we want to bring you in and do this thing? Like, you know, we want to do kind of like a Marvel Suicide Squad. Like, was it you pitching them or was it them I pitching you? I pitched Suicide Squad. Because um, it, it looks like every book was kind of like a, a writer's passion as opposed to an editorial mandate. Yeah, I think there was definitely some stuff I could do and I couldn't do. My book was kind of the side because Red Skull was supposed to be dead and I couldn't really tie in too much stuff. Right. Um, but we talked a little bit about the idea that he was alive on the other side. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't know how it came up. I think I'm also a really big fan of like um, Escape from New York. Oh, yes. You know? So it was like I'm a, I'm a big John Carpenter fan. And uh, so it's like one of those things where um, I think they came in with like little bits and pieces. 
and then I came back with the rest. And really, the Suicide Squad stuff. I really like Suicide Squad, so I, I came back with the Suicide Squad part of it, and then picking who the team was and uh, getting yes and no's, you know. Um, and then it just kind of came together from there. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun working on that one. It was just kind of a crazy little. It's only three issues long. Yeah, no. Well, it's a really quick little simple Suicide Squad story. And then we kill everybody in the, the first issue. Right. Uh, <laughs> there were one person, which I was like, that's what... And then it becomes a Magneto and um, Red Skull story. Yes, and that's where the that's where the book, like... I mean, the first issue is supposed to be that, like, that 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 drop, that holy shit moment. And then the rest of it's like, yeah. oh, I want to see this. Like, this is actually really cool. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's not what you expect. It was yeah, one of those uh, things. It's like, you know... Anyway, that was just a great book. I just wanted to say that out loud. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird because I just, um, you know, that was all during my, uh, that Marvel time period was so short for me. Yeah. Uh, I had written, because when was that? That came out in 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my Marvel tenure was really short. Um, it's funny, like, Illuminati, I think I had written every issue but issue seven, which is the last issue, mm-hmm. before issue one even came out. Wow. Um, I used to be really fast. I'm a little slower now, but I used to be really fast. Like that year, 2015, 2014, yeah. I was on fire because I was doing like Predator and RoboCop and Nailbiter and Birthright. Yeah. And pitching Flash while that all was going on, like trying to get the job on the Flash. And um, yeah, like, but then my Marvel stuff, I was just always like a little ahead. I was just always a little ahead. So yeah, by the time issue one came out, I was almost done writing it. Like I kind of knew by then. Even once with issue one numbers came in, I was like, oh, this is not going to last. <laughs> uh, which was fine because I got the job on The Flash at the same time. Right. Um, and I, so I was bummed out in some ways. Uh, but I learned a lot about uh, team books and also room room in a comic. Team books are the hardest thing to write. Right, like, you got to cram them all on one page and it's like... Uh, the person who does the best is James Tynan. I think James Tynan is the best like team book writer right now. He can juggle characters like, like, like you read about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Scott. I mean, Scott's like a whole other ball game. I think when it comes to that stuff, I think mm-hmm. he's looking at things on a different level. But when it comes to like really getting in the nitty gritty with team stuff, I think that James just really has a understanding of that. I mean, he's been doing team books for the last few years because like he went from uh, detective right over to Justice League Dark. Yeah, and his detective one that was a team book, right? You know? Oh no, totally. Uh, it's all it's a bad family book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and I had some interesting conversations about team stuff. Like he just really knows teams really well. Yeah. I will probably never write a team book again. <laughs> well, you did. Uh, you did Odyssey. I did Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey was hard. It was challenging because it was like four characters that don't really know each other. I mean, right. Starfire and Starfire, obviously. It's weird. Like they know each other, but they know each other together, and I think that's the difference. Exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Odyssey was hard. Odyssey was a really tough book to crack. It was also a new concept. Oh, totally. Um, so it was like a lot going into that one, and it's. I don't necessarily have regrets on that one, but I have definitely, like, I, I, I know how I would do it differently now if mm-hmm. I was going to. But once, um, like, Batman and Superman, I pitched for that a few different times. I actually pitched for it back in 2010 when it was still Superman Batman. Oh, wow. I went to them, and um, it was in the summer. It was San Diego Comic-Con, and I went, and I had meetings with them. And at that point, I'd only done, like, short stories inventories. And so I went and was like, I really want to do the you know Superman the time of Superman Batman. Yeah, I want to do an arc on it or whatever. And I'd done a couple yeah one shots of inventories, and I'd done um, I was working on a mini at the time, so I was like I have this thing. This is what I want to do. And they said no. <laughs> uh, they were like 
it was interesting. They were responsive to it, but it wasn't the right time. And I, I'm glad it didn't happen because I wasn't ready. Like I know as a writer now looking back, I wasn't ready and I didn't have the kind of, I think like professional maturity, I think you need to have when you take on like a bigger project. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I just wasn't there yet and they said no. And then again, about two years ago, I think, Almost a year and a half ago. So about a year and a half ago, I was talking to them, and they were like, well, what do you really want? What do you really want? And I was like, well, what I really want is Superman, Batman. Like, to do Superman, Batman, or Batman, Superman. Like, that was what I was at. I want to do that. And they were like, but that was right when Bendis had signed. Like, oh. it just happened. And they were like, and they were gearing up for the wedding stuff with Tom. So they were like, well, we need, those two things need to kind of go the path they're on right now. Yeah. Um, even though I had ideas for it, because I was like, at the time, it was interesting. And Michael talked about this. Was that, you know, and I knew this. So I knew this ahead of time. I was like, Catwoman is leaving Bruce, and Lois is going to go off into space right. with John Jarrell at the exact same time. It was the same month. So that makes perfect sense to do a book about the two of them. There's no, there's no encumbrances. There's no like distraction from that coalescing. Yeah. Yeah, but then it uh, it didn't work out. But it was the right decision at the time. Like I look back and I'm like, oh, that makes sense because, you know, what was going on. Like it, it makes sense to not launch a Superman Batman book or Batman Superman book while those two books were where they were. Right. And this is just getting started. Like he's just getting his feet wet. He's just, you know, he was just like formulating his ideas. Yeah. Um, so it would come up. Like I would ask about it. I would ask about it. Ask about it. But then we started talking about all this stuff. And I know you've talked to Scott, so you know, like we started talking about these like crazy big plans yeah. we have. And I was sitting there talking to Dan. We were talking about the Batman Who Laughs. We were talking about these crazy big plans. And I was just like, hey, why don't we do that in Batman Superman? <laughs> and I remember he was like looking across from me. And I, it was that thing where I think Dan knows me enough to know where it's like, I, if I have that look in my eyes, like I'm a crazy person, I'm obsessed with it, I'm never going to let it go. Yeah. Uh, and I, he was like, that actually could work. That could work. Oh. And then um, a few months later, they let me start working. So that was over a year ago. That was May when Dan was like, that could oh. work. Yes, we could do that. And then we had a summit where it came up in the summit. And I remember saying to Dan, I was like, you know what, at the summit, am I allowed during the summit to mention the Batman Superman book? Because we were, we were talking about the big plans. And yeah. he was like, he's like, yeah, it's not a secret. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> uh, and then in uh, September, we were talking about the book a lot. And I was working on Odyssey. And they could just tell. They were like, he's clearly more obsessed with this book over here than he is with Odyssey. And they were like, all right, it's time. Focus on Superman, Batman, or well, now Batman, Superman. They're like, go over here, focus on Batman, Superman. So I was like, all right, that's that's what I'm happening, which um, was a bummer because I liked those characters in Odyssey a lot, and I had a lot of stories I wanted to do with them. But I had been trying to get that Batman, Superman book going for yeah, you know, 2010. So it's like, well, something's got to give. Happen. What's that? Something's got to give. Like, yeah, and I also don't want to half-ass them. Like that's right. what would have happened, you know. And it's like I've definitely slowed down. Over the years, like once my um, once my wife and I we had a baby back, we literally had a baby the same month that Rebirth started. Wow. Uh, I got the job. I got the job on um, Justice League Suicide Squad, the the crossover yeah. thing, the event thing. I got that job five days after my daughter was born. Oh wow! So my head has just been in it this entire time, and so it's definitely made me um, slow down in a lot of ways. Where it's like. I used to be able to write like six books a month. Now I'm down to like three or four and planning, you know, like you're doing a lot of event planning, there's a lot of writing documents, a lot of meetings about things down the line. Um, and so that takes up a lot of your head too, yeah. you know? 
Um, so it was that, that thing of like, do I do Odyssey and Batman Superman at the same time? And then I'm like half-assing them because there's no way I'm leaving Flash. Like that's not <laughs> right because that's that's a um, given. That's like yeah, mentioned. that's that's never gonna happen. Like every time this stuff comes up, I'm you know I'm always like, they're gonna have to kill me. Like yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have to get me off the book. I love it too much, and I have too many stories to tell, and I know too many characters I want to do stories with that are Flash characters I haven't been able to do yet for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, that are important to me and there's a few characters I just have like other stuff I want to do and like I and I know like I know the the closing pages like I can see it in my head like I know how my flashbook like will end when I'm ready to go like I know exactly what happens page wow. by page cool. I can write it right now I just I know it in my head um so I'm not leaving that book it, that's the thing of like what do I do and then it was like well I guess I have to leave Odyssey right um was the decision to call it Batman Superman yours or theirs Man, we debated about it a lot. We debated about it a lot, and it eventually just came down to Batman and Superman. Like, it was definitely like a group conversation, and then we all kind of came together on the same consensus to call it Batman yeah. Superman. I like the idea. I mean, like, just, I mean, corporately speaking, it's like, yeah, Batman comes first, he makes the most money. But, like, at the same time, it's cool to kind of differentiate, because there's been a Superman Batman book before, right? You got the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and everybody remembers, like, the Loeb McGinnis run. That's one. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, to differentiate and make it be like this is a different thing like it's going to be a different thing it's going to be like i'm sure it's going to be it's going to have like that camaraderie the thing you like from a batman superman team up yeah but like it's its own book like it's a new book even though it is still a batman superman team up book yeah it's interesting because it's kind of about superman being brought into uh a batman story in some ways it's because it's like because it's so related to the batman who laughs um you know it's really about and the Batman Who Laughs obviously is a big part of the DCU. I mean, you have the stuff that was going on in Justice League and the stuff that was going on during Metal. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much he's been in the Batman book. He's been in the Batman Who Laughs book. And I can't go too deep into that because I don't want to ruin the stuff Scott's doing in that book because it's not over yet. But, you know, you might even, you might already know the ending. Um, but... I do not. <laughs> no, that's one thing he did not tell me. They, uh, but having Superman kind of brought into that story is... And there's a line, there's a line issue one where Superman is the one that is kind of like, this is much bigger than Gotham now. Like, this is a problem. Right. And, like, kind of has to get involved in it. And it is about their um, their friendship and, and their relationship and, like, who they are as heroes, who they are as friends. That's a major part of it. It's, like, one of the best parts about writing that book is kind of writing the back and forth between the two of them and how they can be, I don't know, it's interesting, like... They, they can be a little snarky back at each other at times, but it's all playful, you know? Right. That's that's the approach that I I prefer to see. Um, and it's it's refreshing to say, like, yo, the dude who's writing Flash is going to write Batman and Superman because, like, there's this... You know that there's going to be this, like, earnestness to it. Um, I think that the relationship between Batman and Superman has kind of been colored by Dark Knight Returns, like, literally up until, like, recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's times... Um... <laughs> uh, all right i'll talk about this um there is uh i like to put gifts on twitter right mm-hmm. i like to put gifts on twitter and so i have to like search google for batman superman gifts right because if i search google if i search the gif on twitter thing if i say batman superman yeah every single gift is them punching each other in the face yes <laughs> so i have to go but once i go to google it opens up and then you have like you know you have a lot more variety you know you have stuff from uh, the Justice League cartoon, Justice League Unlimited, you have stuff for Brave and the Bold. Um, you know, it does open up a lot more. You're yeah. able to find things from the animated series. Um, but that was that was really frustrating at the time. <laughs> yeah. 
and kind of eye-opening of being like, yeah, I don't necessarily want them to be punching each other in the face. They might not agree on everything, but that's who they are as characters. They don't exactly. agree on it. Um, they clearly don't agree on methods. You know, it isn't like Batman's running around with the black cape on. Or, I'm sorry, Superman isn't running around with the black cape and, and Batman isn't running around with a red cape. Yeah. Which um, now I want to do that now. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but they don't, you know, they definitely don't agree on every little possible thing. But I think they always agree on what matters. And I think that's part of what. There's a, there's a couple lines in issue one that are kind of about that, about how, like, what they both worry about, what they don't always agree on, what they debate about, but then what they become. They, they share the same worries. Um, right about certain things and their responsibilities as these two big heroes. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen your approach to those two in their relationship from things like no justice to even the justice league versus suicide squad book. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like writing them a lot. I I really like writing buddy stuff. I mean, that was the whole thing where I brought Godspeed into flash. Part of that was, I knew I couldn't use Wally yet. Um, and, and Barry is always best when he has someone to bounce off of. Sure. Some character to bounce off of. And that's where, Godspeed came from yeah. um, was somebody who he could have a conversation with it would be a little more jerk-ish because yeah. Barry's never a jerk, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I like writing the two of them and then yeah, Justice League Suicide Squad, No Justice, and then writing Batman in The Button and The Price. Those oh, two yeah. problems with that. Like getting to write him in both of those um, was challenging. It was really challenging because it, it's like Flash, I don't know, I feel like Flash... I know really well. It's like I, know, I know all these characters really well, but yeah. Flash is one I kind of settled into faster, where Batman is, I think, and I don't always say this, but I think Batman is probably the most intimidating character to write in some ways. Maybe Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman is such a great character, but she's also such a a pure character. Yeah. That's always the challenging things of this, is like you want to put yourself into the character, right? Right. But they are so much better than us. Yes, exactly. You know, like... Superman is such a an earnest, uh, nice person, but he is so like the burden of responsibility is on him. But he is such a yeah, just a genuinely nice, heroic person who is every word is sincere, like yeah. nothing is fake. Yeah, but like, he's not making fun of you ever. Like he's just no. a, he's 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 on the level. Yeah, yeah, um, and nothing is for show with him. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, um, he doesn't he doesn't go out and save a life and then drop that kid off because he's trying to show to everybody that like I'm a hero. No, um, he's doing it because he like genuinely is just doing that out of the right thing to do. And um, and Batman is a little more show because obviously it's a little bit more of like the theater. Yeah, of, it's all theatricality for that character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like he's wearing a bad costume. Like Superman <laughs> is wearing his clothes when he was a baby, whereas Batman like had to make a thing. Like yeah. no one's going to be scared of me if I'm wearing like fatigues and I just like put on a hat. Like I got to put on a whole thing. I got to do a whole production. Yeah, exactly. He understood that part of it. And then Wonder Woman is such a, um, you know, she's the best of all of them in a lot of ways. Right. Like she really is this, like this goddess of truth and justice. And, uh, I think there's a challenge writing her at times just because you want it's so hard you, like you'll never be her you know yeah well and also like compared like, between Batman and Wonder Woman like Wonder Woman you've only seen like a few interpretations of that character whereas like Batman has been like a Frankenstein monster and a vampire and like a you know Green Lantern like we, so you've seen Batman literally like d- addicted to to you know, to performance enhancing drugs. Like you've seen Batman do everything and be everything. So like there's nothing you can do to the character that's going to like 
blow someone's mind unless you're like really doing something like penetratively insightful. You know, mm-hmm. like you really have to like you, have, you really have to like actually approach it from like a cerebral perspective. But like with Wonder Woman, she's like she's always just been Wonder Woman. So yeah. it's like when you do anything different, when you do anything that shakes things up with that character, people are going to notice. And so yeah. that's got to be daunting. It is, yeah. And then with Barry, I don't know, Barry's interesting to me. Like, I think that Barry is... Okay, so we were talking about this, all right? So, um, I think, well, obviously, I think about Barry every single day. Sure. Um, you know, when you're when you're trying to break into comics, so much of it is, like, you know, try and try again. You know, fail, get yourself up. And, yeah. and I think that Barry is... Because people forget this, and I put this in year one, but Barry used to read Flash comics, right? Right, like, yeah, that's what inspired him to be the Flash. Yeah, so you're talking about somebody who literally was a fan of superheroes. So you have this guy who is a fan of superheroes. He loves superheroes already. He understands what a superhero is supposed to be and the ideals of that. And he's already this like optimistic, you know, uh, hopeful person. This horrible thing happens to him. Um, then he gets the powers, he becomes optimistic, and then he, but he, he still wants to be that hero. And it's like every time he falls, every time he trips, he gets back up and he keeps going forward. And part of his motivation is like he isn't that superhero yet. Like he isn't the superhero he used to read about in comic books yet, but he wants to be. And I think there's also that part of him that accepts the challenges of like being put on a pedestal because especially during Rebirth when everyone is saying that like the Flash and Wally are, are these, you know, figures of hope and optimism, like to be put on that pedestal by everyone. Like not just readers about characters in the books are very much looking to them to be that it's daunting yeah. you know it's very hard for them but I think that's the thing about Barry that I I relate to is that part of him that is just like wanting to be better and wanting and then you know having failures and standing you know get, getting back up and that's what it was like breaking into comics you know like you're sitting there and you make these books and you like you know like you were saying like on a subway and seeing things in the trash and yeah. you kind of just yourself up exactly right and that's why barry i think was really easy to kind of step into because when i got the job on it i wrote it immediately like i started writing issue one or thanksgiving weekend um because i got the job and was like well i'm starting right now like i know i'm doing i know i know this let's do this (laughs) yeah and then after i got the job it was really interesting um and i've never actually talked to other superhero writers about this um but like the moment i got the job then everyone starts to tell you who the character is. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's not just professionals, but, like, everyone. No, like, yeah. everyone, like, oh, here's who the Flash is. And if you deviate from that, they're just, like, you're a horrible person. Yep. <laughs> um, and it really made me aware of what Barry must be feeling being put into that. Of, like, oh, people, it isn't just us that thinks Barry is this hero. Everyone does. Right. Like, they do, too. Like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Hal, you know, like they all kind of think of him as being this certain type of person and the challenges there. Not to say the challenges aren't, you know, comparable for him. There obviously are, but they're definitely the challenges. It isn't easy. Right. Uh, Cause it was easy. I, yeah. That's always the thing that's funny about superhero books is like, it shouldn't be easy for them. Yeah. That's not why if it was easy, like that's not what makes them superheroes. You like, wouldn't need them. Yeah. Uh, they're superheroes because they can conquer the hard. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting writing all these different characters and oh, stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, I think about them every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to mention this just because, like, I, I'm um, a bit of a fan. Uh, I loved your RoboCop run. Oh, right on. Thank you. Uh, that was, like, the first RoboCop book I had read in a long time where I was like, hey, somebody actually watched RoboCop. 
I love RoboCop. Right, I, and it shows. I, I had a request when I got that job because they came to me and I was like, okay, I have kind of an idea. You know, I have, I have sort of this thing I want to do with the character and a lot of it was going to come down to tone. Like the story was kind of soft. Like I knew bits and pieces of it, but I was like, it really was going to come down to tone. And I made a request when I got the job to Boom uh, to go to, I think it was MGM that owns it, right? So I was like, yeah. I was like, can you tell them um, I don't want to do anything other than the first movie? Right. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, I like to, you know. It's I mean, fine. Like, yeah, and I've seen three. I actually watched three right before I got the job, I think. So, and I, and I remember watching the TV show, and I had the toys and stuff, and I read some of the comics, but I, I felt like everyone was always trying to do, and this is the opposite of what I would normally do. Like, at DC, I'm like, all continuity matters. Yep, do it all. Exactly. Um, but at this, I was very like, no, I, I just want to do the first movie. Right. And they were down with that. I think they were down with it because the new movie was coming out, the right. new con they were doing. So they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. First movie, go for it. And I was like, that made the world difference with that book. Because then it was like, all I had to do is focus on that, the tone of that first movie, the the feel of that first movie. That's all I needed to do. And I think that that um, worked really well with that book. And then it was just fun after that. It was just fun doing this sort of weird RoboCop book. Yeah. And you really infuse like the Weirhoven, like the, the ultra violence and like the you know, the cursing and everything. Like, it's weird. I always find it weird when you see, like, a sanitized version of Robocop or his world, because it's, like, it's ugly and inglorious and, like, and no. it's supposed to be, like, high-octane ridiculousness. Like, Yeah, and like you said, dirty. It's supposed to be really dirty. It's supposed to be dirty. Uh, it's, it Metro City sucks. Yeah, I really like Verhoeven a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, he has his own tics. Right. Like, it's interesting when you're watching... You know, if you watch all of his movies, you can see all the weird little ticks and stuff because you can see things in like Basic Instinct. You can see things in, in Showgirls. <laughs> you can see you can see these weird directing ticks that he has throughout all of it. You know, you can look at uh, Total Recall. Yep. And you can see he has these little things. And it's weird. Like sometimes it's just editing. Sometimes it's just editing plus music cues. Right. Um, so I also looked at a lot of that stuff too, of just like what is the Verhoeven ticks. Um, which are much harder to pull off in a comic, but I was able to try. I was trying. I was trying to figure out how to make it feel like him, um, like an extension of what he had built in that first movie. Right. It it well shows, man. I mean, I, I mean, I know Thank this you. book came out like a bunch of years ago, but I was just like, not that long ago. It was 2014 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel that long ago. Like, but at the same time, it is obviously like you know. I just started on Flash. Like Flash um, came out. Uh, was this week I think? Yeah, like this week, three years ago. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Like all the DC stuff I've been doing, I've only really been doing it. I was a DC before for a couple of years. Like I did a bunch of like little stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being a DC for the last three years, I feel like I have done a lot. Um, but there, I have this huge backlog of stuff before that. Like you know, like we were saying, RoboCop and Predator. I did like twenty four issues of Captain Midnight for Dark Horse. Yeah. Like I've done a lot of stuff. Um. I remember when I got the job on The Flash, that day they announced it, I saw somebody uh, online, they were like, who is this guy? And I was like, that's life. Yeah, like, but, I wrote Voodoo, man, come on. Yeah, I did write Voodoo. Oh, poor Voodoo. <laughs> uh, did you, are you a wrestling fan at all? I am not, but I'm aware of, like, wrestling from the 80s. There's this, uh, you know who Chris so Jericho like, is? Hmm? Do you know who Chris Jericho is? I'm aware of Chris Jericho, yeah. So Chris Jericho has a story, he had traveled the world, you know, he'd been wrestling throughout the 90s, and, um, you know, he had traveled all over the world. He was one of the most famous wrestlers in the world, and um, he was WCW, and he was really, really popular. 
and um, he left. He went to go to WWE, and they kept it a secret, and it, like a secret, but you know, it was kind of out there. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> but at that time, he was, you know, he was like one of the hot tickets, right? Like he was one of the stars in the world. Like he had done a lot of stuff all over, not just in these WCW and WWE kind of dynamic. He had done a lot of stuff. And then uh, he comes over. They make this big buildup for, like, every week. They show, like, a teaser, but they don't say it's him. Mm-hmm. He comes out. It's August of 1999. He comes out, and he interrupts The Rock, who obviously, you know, Rock's, like, the biggest superstar of wrestling, right? And he comes out, and The Rock, um, he makes this big thing, right? He makes this. So Jericho comes out and makes this big speech. And then the first thing The Rock says to him is, who are you? <laughs> And um, that was a sign not only for Chris Jericho, but there were other wrestlers that talked about like like Bret Hart talked about this, and like other wrestlers talked about this. Or it was Sting. Sting said this. He was like, "That's one of the reasons why he never came over, because he was sort of like, I had done all this work, and then once you get there, it's like none of it matters." Yeah. And I feel like that's how it is with superheroes, <laughs> where you're like, "Oh man, you can do all this stuff. You can do all this stuff, but then you get over here, and it's like it's a whole new ball game." And right. that's also a sales thing too, like you know. You're talking about some books that are selling like ten, twenty thousand. Like when you're doing outside of Marvel and, and DC, if you sell yep. a book that sells thirty, that is like a crazy accomplishment. Yeah. But when you're doing Marvel and DC work, everyone is like, "Can you sell a hundred? Like that's a hundred thousand. Like right. that's, and that is that is a big difference in numbers. Yeah. Um, but it is like that. Like that's how it was when I came on the Flash. It was like I had to start all over from scratch in yeah. some ways. But it was fun though. I love it. Like I'm never. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And, like, I'm never going to do movies or TV shows and stuff. It comes up sometimes, but I'm always, like, my brain is so in comics. Like, I like I was saying, like, I always think of this guy, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. still, I'm still this guy. Like, it's how my brain works. It's yeah. just I, I think about the comic in my hand, you know? I, I, I think comics are, I mean, once it gets into your bloodstream, like, that's it. Like, you're, you're hooked, and it's like you're, yeah. it's like you're infected. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Batman, Superman in there that's uh, right yeah but i'm having a lot of fun with everything we're doing right now i don't know everything's been really good and and uh yeah it, it is super surreal sometimes but being this guy who was like wanting to make comics since i was in like the fourth grade right uh and not knowing to do anything else it's like yeah and like you said going through that whole process of like being a little kid the shops the mini comics all that stuff yeah i think it does give me an interesting perspective sometimes sometimes it makes me blind to some things too it makes me naive to some things sure. but yeah um i just try to make books that i think i would buy like that was a big thing before ghosted before ghosted i felt like i was making books that i wouldn't necessarily buy yeah um, and then once ghosted and nail buyer birth where i started rolling then it was like oh no this is what i want to do you yeah. know is kind of like this over here. But I think it was one of the things about Flash that was... Because uh, right before Flash, I had done... That was it. It was like I did a lot of licensed books, but Ghosted, Birthright, and Nailbiter. And I think people thought of me as a horror writer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting talking to people that day that Rebirth got announced because I kept a secret. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell even, even friends um, that I was doing Flash. I felt bad because I would outright lie to people. Uh, <laughs> Like, I have people I'm, I'm good friends with, like Steve Orlando, and I would just lie to him and be like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and then uh, and then he would find out and text me and be like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but I kept this secret. I remember it was the day before. So we're at 
uh, the day before the Rebirth books got announced, they had us all go see uh, Batman and Superman at the Batman versus Superman at the uh, movie theater. Yeah. Like a bunch of creators, like a bunch of DC creators. And I was in the lobby with Tim Seeley, and Tim Seeley was like, what are you doing? And I, I couldn't tell him. Like my brain, I was like, ah. ah. It was, it was t- like the next day we right. were reviewing it. But I was like, I, I'm just paranoid, man. Yeah. I don't have to tell you. I don't want to lose about, it. I'm like, that's great. Um, I was like, oh, I'm doing Flash. He was like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then, uh, but I kept it secret. And then when we did the, the Rebirth actual event, like we did that big press conference thing. Yeah. Um, I was there for that. That was amazing. Oh, it was awesome. That's like one of the best rollouts I think I've ever seen. For, it was seamless how they how they made so, that happen. If you guys yes. are not familiar, by the way, like at WonderCon, mm-hmm. they had everybody on the stage. They were doing like simultaneously streaming it while also having it for like this audience. They had DC cupcakes. They were given to the audience. It was. Uh, yeah. Were you there? Yeah, I was there. I, I was. I was. In oh this, yeah. Yeah. I I may have talked to you. I don't know because I because back then I was still doing YouTube and they were like. They're like, come up here. I talked to like Dio and, uh, and Lee. I got one of those Lithios that Lee signed. It's there. I don't have one of those. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I would give you yeah. my extra one, but my girl <laughs> comic book store is doing a raffle and they gave it away. And I was like, dear. I have the I have the poster. That's the one thing I have is a poster. Yeah. Like, I have the poster they did um, from Rebirth. But yeah, so that event, man, like I kept a secret. And so I had a couple friends that were in the audience that I talked to after. Uh, and they were like, yeah, once we saw you, you were here, we were like, what horror book are you doing? <laughs> they were like, and then, then I had some people that were like, oh, he's doing Suicide Squad, right? right. Like they saw me, they saw me um, when they had us in the audience, like kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. And so they were just like, oh, he must be doing Suicide Squad. He must be doing Justice League Dark or some kind of horror book. Yeah. And then when I came out as Flash, they were like, what? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I love the I love the Flash. But that's how the whole thing started because Scott – uh, Snyder, you know, he knew uh, I love the Flash, and he came to me and was like, "You should write the Flash." Then I was like, "Ah, oh, they're never gonna give me that. That's never gonna happen." <laughs> uh, especially that I hadn't worked for them for a while, so then all of a sudden they they gave. Me, I still can't believe they gave me the book. I mean, you know the whole story, right? Like I said, they said no at first. No kidding, I did not know that story. Oh, dude. Ugh. All right, I'll tell you this. All, all right, right, so Dan loves this story. He loves it. They made a cartoon of it. Um, like, if you go on the DC YouTube channel, they made, like, a little animatic of it, which is, like, just really rough hand-drawn cartoon stuff. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I got – Scott came to me and said, you know, you should write Flash. I was like, they're never going to give me Flash. It's never going to happen. Uh, but then I was obsessed with it. Like, I couldn't sleep at night because I was just thinking about ideas, and I was like, I would love to do that book. Um, and so I went to one of the editors. I talked to him briefly, and the stuff I had was pretty soft. Like, it wasn't really cooked enough. Okay. Um, but they knew me from Nailbiter. Like I had some people in the building that really liked Nailbiter, so that helped. Yep. Um, and then I went to Cineo Comic Con, and so I'm on. I'm supposed to meet Dan at three thirty. So the whole thing is I'm supposed to meet Dan at three thirty, and to pitch him me working on Flash. Right. And he didn't know that though. He just knew we were having a meeting. So three thirty, I'm on a panel. And Scott's sitting right next to me on this panel. It's an Image Comics panel. We're sitting there, we're, we're talking about Image Comics, and I'm yeah. talking about Spider. I get this text message, and it's from Dan's assistant. And she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm meeting at 3.30. She's like, no, 3. And it's like 3.10. Oh, shit. And I was like, I have to go. I was like, Scott, I have to go right now. I'm late. And I looked at you know the, the moderator. I'm like, I have to leave right now. I'm so sorry. I have to run. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no big deal. So I'm like, all right, peace out. And then I – this is San Diego Comic-Con. So oh, I – I ran. So those panels are upstairs, right? Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, 
I'm running, running to the DC booth. And the whole thing was we were supposed to go behind the convention center and talk for a while, like away from the crowd. That was all I asked. I was like, you know, I, I kind of wanted to get away from the floor. I wanted to get away from people and just have like 30 minutes just one-on-one. Because Dan right. and I had never had that before. We had talked like little bits here and there at conventions, even when I was doing DC stuff before. I just wanted a minute with him, just us, um, to talk. Yeah. And so this is going on, you know, so I'm, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running through the hall. I run up, and now it's like 3.20. And I was like, you know, I, I thought we were meeting at 3.30. I'm like, well, Dan, you know, San Diego Comic Con stands really busy. You have to go into those cubby holes. So, like, at the booth, they have those big, they're like storage rooms. Yeah. Right? So I go into the storage room, and I get in the storage room, and uh, Dan is like, well, let me let me pitch you some stuff. So Dan pitches me some stuff. There's, like, a book he wants me to do, and then there's, like, one-shots and stuff, like a mini-series. And I was like, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you what I want to do. I want to do The Flash. And I start telling him my whole pitch on the Flash, and this is why I have him cornered. I'm literally having cornered in the like little corner of the storage room. Yeah. I didn't realize it at first. It took me a minute to kind of calm down, but I was pumped up. Oh I was yeah. Really up, and I just ran through the whole hall. I'm like, so I am sweating like crazy. <laughs> I am red faced. Mm-hmm. I am yelling. Right. So you look like you're freaking out at this guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. freaking out at Dan in the corner about like. I'm riding the flash. And he this can't is, back up. <laughs> he can't back up. So he literally does try to like get away from me a little. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I, I put my hand, I was like, I'm not done. Oh my God. Like, and, uh, there's, you, you have to watch the video of this. It's really funny. They made I a little, know, yeah. like, and Dan, and I watched, well, Dan, and I watched it together, the little cartoon version. And he was like, that is exactly what. I did. <laughs> and so I was like, I went to the flash. He's like, all right, well, tell me your flash pitch. And so I told him my flash pitch. I think he was annoyed because I was late. Sure, he was yeah. And then he was like, he understood that it was like, it was a miscommunication. And, but I just like ranted in about the flash and through all of that, he was just like, no, like you no, I don't like that. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to tell you why. And he gave me his notes. He's like, these are the notes. This is why. And I said, all right, cool. I get it. Yeah. And I uh, I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then he, his next meeting was with Scott. That's part of why I was like, no, like 3.30 is the cutoff. Right. Uh, so I turned around and Scott was in the room. <laughs> like he, had, he was there for the last bit. So he probably just saw me like yelling at Dan. Right. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, whew, whew. I didn't realize like. I probably just sounded like an absolute crazy person. Right. And um, so I had, you know, Dan gave me these notes. And so I was like, all right, cool. And I really thought them through. And then um, that's July. So then a few months later uh, at New York Comic Con, I was able to email him and be like, I want another meeting. Can we talk? And, you know, I thought about what you said. Can we talk? And this time it was much more calm. I was on time. Mm -hmm. It was in the DC green room. So it was relaxed. Um, and, you know, he sat there and I was like, this is what I want to do. This is my thoughts on the pitch. And I gave him the whole pitch and he was like, I love it. Let's do it. Wow. Um, at the time, I didn't know what Rebirth was. Like, Rebirth was planned, but, I'm, you know, I was a nobody to them at that point. Or sure. They knew who I was, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not somebody you're going to be like, well, here's our plans for the next few years. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> you, you hear know. about it. You don't, you're, not, you're not given the whole playbook. No, yeah. So they were like, okay, we'll do the 12 issue thing on the side. He had some ideas for it. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, um, and then, but Dan was like, here's the deal though. I need you to be patient. And I can't, we can't talk about it yet. 
like, I need you to give me a few weeks. And I was like, okay, cool. And I did not let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was good. Like, I would email him every once in a while and be like, so, you know, I'm still here. And he was like, I know, just give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then I went down there. I had, like, other meetings to take care of. So I went down there for a couple days um, just to L.A. in general for other stuff I needed to do. Yeah. But then I went to the office for, like, an hour or two. And I remember I had this meeting with Dan at, again, it was at 3 o'clock. This is crazy. So I had this meeting with Dan at 3 o'clock. And I had hung out with people in the office and kind of met people and was being friendly, you know, the, the usual thing and sure. talking to people I know that work in the office. So I had this meeting with Dan at 3. It was the very last thing I had to do. Okay. And so they uh, brought me to Dan's office at like 2.55. And Dan and I started talking in his office a little bit, and he was very like, well, when are you leaving? And I was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Like, I'm leaving. No, not like leaving his office. Yeah, but no, like, when are you getting the hell out of my face? Yeah. No, when are you, when are you so heading he, out? And I was like, I'm leaving, to, I'm leaving tomorrow. Like, um, or no, I was like, I think I was leaving. Not um, my days mixed up. But basically, I was like, yeah, I'm leaving like a day or two. Okay. And he was like, okay, cool. No big deal. You know, and he's like, what's your schedule like? And I was like, it's like this. But no one would ever just straight out say, you know, like, you are writing this book. It always felt like they were pushing it away or maybe it wasn't going to happen. Maybe it was. It always seemed like this vague thing. Oh, yeah. And so Dan's like, okay, well, uh, so yeah, this is 2.55. Dan takes me um, downstairs and is like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll reach out soon, like a week or two. I promise. Uh-huh. And walks me out of the building. And I remember him standing, and then he's like, all right, cool, I'll see you later. I'll talk to you soon. And I remember being like, holy crap. And I look at my watch, and it's like, it's 3 o'clock on the nose. Yeah. Like, he'd walk me out of the building. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was it. It's not happening. No, totally. I, I yeah, shot. reading that room, definitely. Yeah, and then I got, uh, so I was doing other stuff. But so then Thursday. So, was, yeah, that was like on Tuesday. Okay. So uh, the next day, that's what it was. Okay, now I'm getting my, my memory right. So Tuesday was that day. Wednesday, I went to Disneyland. It was for a Skybound thing where it was like we were going to just talk about Birthright for the day. And we decided we were going to do it while at Disneyland. Okay. Like just do story planning at Disneyland while you're waiting in line. Oh, actually, yeah. Worked... Well, because you're going to be there for an hour. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So it was awesome. It worked out really well. And I actually got the job while I was at Disneyland in line for uh, Space Mountain. Ooh. I got the call from Marvel saying, we want you to Haunted Mansion. Um, yeah. Which they knew I loved the Haunted Mansion, so, like, I knew people at Disney, people at Marvel, they knew. So I was like, that's the last licensed book I'm ever going to do. Right. Um, you know, so, knock on, knock on Yeah, wood. as uh, a quick aside, by the way, yeah. good call, um, Haunted Mansion. <clears throat> I have no, I, I had no idea why you did the Haunted Mansion. That's really I love, cool. I love it. And also, love. I we love the Haunted Mansion. Like, that's amazing, that's an amazing ride. Like, yeah, over here, oh, I guess not in my office now. I have a bunch of Haunted Mansion stuff over here, too. Like, I have, like... Some stuff over here. I went to merchandise up, like up higher up and stuff. And yeah. um, this year is the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. Oh, nice! Uh, so I'm expecting there to be a bunch of new merchandise, but I haven't seen anything yet. I think because Star Wars land, oh, sure. the that stuff is so the focus, which I'm going to next week. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So, oh, so that was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday, I fly home on Wednesday night. Okay. Like, so then Thursday, um, Thursday night. Uh, I get this call from DC and they're like, we're flying you back. Like they're going to pay me to fly back. Okay. That's promising. Like, when is this? And they're like, as soon as possible, when can you be here? Right. And I was like, well, I'm doing a signing this weekend. Oh, because Illuminati number one, had just come out. <laughs> so I'm like, 
uh, or it had been out for like a week or two, I think. Maybe it had been out for like a week. Um, but Illuminati had just come out. And they were like, well, we're going to fly you back. So I'm like, well, I'm doing a signing this weekend. I can't, I can't like tomorrow, yeah. like Friday. Uh, I can't Monday because I'm not getting home until like late Saturday night. So and I need like to stay a day at home, yeah. you know? And they were like, okay, Tuesday. All right, someone from Talent Relations is going to call you. They're going to buy you a plane ticket. You're flying here Tuesday morning. Okay. And not only are they like, we're going to fly you on Tuesday morning. You're going to come in. You're going to pitch what you told Dan to everyone. And then you're going to fly home that night. <laughs> okay. I was like, all right, cool. You know? And I'm like, what's everyone? And they're like, Dan, Jim, Jeff, Bob, you know, whoever executives I need to talk to, you're going to, in marketing, sales, whatever. Like, you're going to do a big presentation and then they're going to decide oh, if you're good. I was like, all right. Okay. So I did that weekend, uh, did the signings, flew in Tuesday. And because it was such short notice and because it was to, um, it was Thanksgiving week. Oh, wow. They, uh, I had to fly into LAX. I couldn't fly into Burbank. Yeah. That's a taxi ride. Yeah. So I'm in the taxi, in the car, in this taxi with my, my flash notebook, which I had a flash. I, I still have a flash notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a new one that's like, because I filled the other one. Um, but I'm like writing down notes. And I'm just I'm figuring out my head. And I had talked to Brian Cunningham, who was the editor at the time. And I was like, I have a flash document that I've been working on, but it, it looks like the ramblings of a crazy person. Right. <laughs> Um, you can read that if you want, or I can cut it down to like two pages. And he was like, cut it down two pages. I'm like, all right. So I spent Monday basically doing that, sent it to him, sent it to him. So he had it. So I'm just like on, on Tuesday, I am just, yeah, I'm in the taxi cab. I get to the building. They get me in there. I'm just like a nervous wreck where I'm just like, okay, what's going on? And then I'm supposed to meet them at, at 10 a.m. So it's like arrive go to this thing, like yeah. hour long taxi ride and then go pitch everybody on this. So they take me up to Jeff's writer's room. Cause he used to have his own, um, his own writer's room. Ooh. So, uh, it was like next to his office. And so they go up there and, and Brian come to me. I was like, are you ready to do this? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, I'm, I, I was like, I predict this happening. I'm like, they're not going to like the way it starts and they're going to want me to move a couple things around. And he was like, yeah, you're right. That's pretty much what's going to happen. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I guess that already. So I'm already prepared for that. He was like, all right, good. So then I get in the room and I'm standing there, I'm waiting. I'm just like a nervous wreck, you know. You're just like ready to do this thing, and um, it's just me and Brian Cunningham, and I'm like, "All right, what are we gonna do here?" And then Jeff walks in, and I've known Jeff since I was, like I said, I was giving him my mini comics. Yeah, you know, I was like 19, 20. Um, so he walks in, and I met him. I met him when he had just started writing the Flash. Um, like he had just got the job. And or he'd been no he had written I think like four or five issues at this point mm-hmm. and I really liked him and so I met him at San Diego Comic Con and you know he's at a he's at a table and nobody's around him like no one knows I know when you were talking about like oh I was handing Brian Cave on my book and I was handing Jeff I'm like oh the back in the day when you could actually get near these people like <laughs> yeah yeah so that was the thing with Jeff like Jeff's just sitting there yeah like, I have a very clear visual of Jeff just sitting there at a table just, you know yeah. just it, it, it actually breaks my heart like knowing that I would go to like New York Comic Con in two thousand six seven and I like probably just breezed past. Jeff Johns like every time yeah not knowing he was there just and now it's, he's so busy all the time now it's like it's really hard to grab him he's not uh, yeah you'd never see him yeah well he goes into your comic con but it's like he's always well, he's so doing a presentation or you know a, con- or yeah, a panel yeah we had uh dinner with him two years ago last time I actually sat down no I guess not sure I guess I sat down with him like a year ago but so yeah he, he um what's that so he comes in yeah so we uh so I'm sitting there yeah so Jeff comes in the room and I'm like, you know, and we've, we've known each other this whole time. So I'm, 
like, hey, you know, how are you doing? How are you? You know, and I was like, and then Brian Cunningham was like, oh, you guys know each other. And I was like, yeah, I met Jeff when he uh, just started writing The Flash. And Jeff's like, yeah, 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 now you're writing The Flash. And that was the first time but someone had, like, said it that way. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, all right, well, what are we doing? Um, when's the presentation? What do we got to do? I'm ready. And Jeff's like, no, 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 that's all done. Like, you don't have to do any of that. Like, let's just get to work. Oh. And and he was like, I've already talked it out with Dan. Like, I like your pitch. Um, let's talk about the actual story and what works and what doesn't. And he sat there and he had the two pages. Uh, I had the long version, so I had some comments and questions back. And he was like, you can't use this, but you can use this. You can do this. Don't do this over here. And, and then we had the whiteboard in there, and we just broke it up. Like, we turned what was the 12 issues to eight and just had this, like, long talk about it. Um, and then I, then I went home and started writing The Flash. Wow. Like, so... That whole thing was weird, and again, I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So it was always kind of funny. Like I would have like people I'm really, really close to that. Like months later, I was like, "All right, I gotta tell you something." <laughs> like, <laughs> and you tell them this whole elaborate thing, and 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 the whole thing about. And then it was funny talking to some people where they're like, "Oh, well, then it didn't work out, right?" And I'm like, "No, man, no, it did." <laughs> and now I'm writing it. Why yeah, did you tell that me? was first. That's so awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's been definitely like a wild ride. All this stuff, like going from. Yeah, being this kid just trying to like hand out mini comics to people and having them, you know, throw them in the trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people just know, like, your Flash run, it's hailed as one of the greatest Flash runs of all time. Like, people love it. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> I know. I can imagine. I would like, say thank you. You have, well, but... of course, yeah. But you, you have a long box full of, in your opinion, like the definitive runs of the Flash. Yeah, and yours. Which yeah, and mine. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm a big. Obviously, I, I don't think this is a secret, and you can you can see it in my flash writing. Obviously, I like Mark and Jeff a lot. You know, like those are obviously my two favorite flash writers of all time. And yeah. I definitely look at what they did and and how they did it. And uh, I got really lucky before. How many issues deep I was? Um, I was already a few issues in, and I was exclusive, but I hadn't announced it yet. But I got to hang out with Mark Wade for a weekend. Um, there were other people around, like Gail Simone and Kyle uh, Higgins were there. Oh, cool. But I got to hang out with them for a weekend for a free comic book day. Um, and he flew me out to his comic shop that he used to have. Mm-hmm. And so I got to talk to him about The Flash and get his thoughts on it and get his thoughts on, like, the inner monologue and all that stuff. And uh, it was really educational. It was really helpful to be able to sit there. Because I talked to Mark before, but not talked like, I'm writing The Flash. Let's have this conversation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was awesome. No, it was uh I'm glad people like it. I mean, I have this. I think by the time I get to the end of the Flash, you'll see the the bigger mystery that I've been building this whole time, or the story, what I want to say about Barry Allen, what I want to say about the Flash family. I don't advertise it as being this one big mega story as much as other people do, but um, you know, ever since Flash Rebirth, it's like I've been telling one big story. It just has a lot of. Uh, it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Pieces of the puzzle, but I think when we get to the end, they're gonna be like, "Oh, that was all connected." Like, yes. Yeah, so, as it should be with that character. Yeah, it should. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really like writing him. I don't know. It's interesting, like, just talking to other people what characters they love. And, uh, yeah, yeah. He was one that I always wanted to, and, and I'm just really thankful and lucky that I get to write him. Well, dude, uh, I got to say, uh, you know, doing better than the Chris Jericho of comics, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hey, Chris Jericho to... like a big deal. He was the first undisputed champion. I know. <laughs> We're so lucky to have you here. We're so lucky to have yeah, you on, so on those books. Uh, Batman Superman can't wait to see where that goes. It's gonna yeah, be it's going to be awesome. Marquez is, dude, the pages, like, oh, they're, they're crazy. I'm hoping we, 
uh, I think I think in the next like week we're gonna reveal who one of the infected is. I think um, we're just gonna reveal like one of the bigger ones like right out the gate. Um, you're gonna get to see some of his art. Uh, it's bonkers. Like there's pages coming in. You're just like holy crap. Yeah. Like this stuff is so crazy good and. He's never drawn anything at DC before, ever. No, I've never seen any Marquez work. So, like, just just seeing the cover, you're like, oh, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping we start showing more pages and stuff like that. There's a page in issue one that's the two of them. It's Batman and Superman. They're having a conversation while they're, like, flying over Gotham. Okay. Like, like Superman's flying, but Batman is running and jumping and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. just so good. It's one of my favorite, like, things I've ever seen. I don't that's know. Awesome. I mean, I've worked on. I can't wait, man. But, uh, I, yeah, I guess. for sitting with us. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm gonna be working on um, Batman Superman today, and I have some Flash stuff to do. So, gotta get right back into it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, you never stop, dude. Like like Barry, you never stop running. Yeah, that's right. And if you fall, you get back up and you keep going. That's yeah. right. Exactly. All right, right well, now. Thank uh, you so much. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, listen, if you're if you're game, we should do this again sometime. Cause this is yeah, for fun. sure. I really do like doing podcasts more than anything else. Like just doing our video cast, like that kind of stuff. I feel like. I'd rather have a conversation, and it reminds me of working at the store. It's yeah. being that kind of like back and forth. It's much more fun. But yeah, we can totally do this again. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, we'll see you then. And uh, by the way, if you uh, are interested, is there is there any like hub of Josh Williamson stuff that we can plug, like where they can find you, or just go to your local comic book store and pick them up? Yeah, just go to the comic book store. Uh, my Twitter um, is where I go to know more information about stuff. Usually, I usually only use it for promo stuff, but. Um, yeah, go to your little comic book store, pick up some books, ask him, ask him to buy some of my books. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> As for Josh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Thanks a lot for watching.